Wow. Good morning, everyone. Wow. Uh, you know, I was in the bathroom earlier, um, <clears throat> and I was just, you know, yesterday I celebrated my family um, when we had cake yesterday, right? So I was like, okay, wow, it's my birthday. And then people were like, Kyler was like, happy birthday! And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I was in the bathroom and I was like, wow, it's my birthday, I'm like 23, right? Um, and then I thought, you know, what an honor it is to, um, to, to give God's word on my birthday, you know? And um, just thank you for supporting me and... Uh, Sorry, I'm nervous. All right. So let's get right into it. Um, Before we uh, get into it, I want to pray. So if you can close your eyes and bow your heads with me. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be on your altar and and to preach your word today. God, I I thank you for every single person in this room right now, God. Um, It's not a coincidence that we're here today at this time, at this date, God. God, I, I... I pray and I, I ask that you anoint the ears of those who hear this word today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. All right. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so let's get right into it. So today, we're going to be talking about two things today. Okay. The first thing is we're going to talk about the door of opportunity that God has for you. Okay. That's the first thing. And the second thing is this. And the baggage that's keeping you from getting through that door he has for you. Okay. Now, the door of opportunity can be different things. It could be, it could be a calling. It could be your new career that you're going to have. It could be even a new relationship. It could even be the existing relationship that you have. Um, and for everyone, the opportunities of doors can be different for us. And the door God has for you is uniquely made for you. It's molded, carefully molded, and carefully sculpted by God specifically for you, just like this video right here. It's the disco dude for Phil, and he's got his fingers ready. He strikes a pose. But then the wall, it's less shake, rattle and roll, more shake, wobble and fall. It's Saturday Night Flounder. So, we can't, I know it's all funny right there. I've been watching a lot of comedy lately and it's been helping me a lot, you know, be happy and laugh. In all seriousness though, we, we can't go through the door God has for us when we carry baggage. Know that today. And, and you have to know, some of us, and maybe we don't admit it, but some of us are stubborn, and, and we decide to, to grip tight and to hold on to our baggage. And what that ends up doing, it leads us to being uncomfortable. It even, you know, on, on the, you put on the back burner, or, or you even, whether you think it or not, you try and disassociate yourself from it, but sooner or later, it's always going to come up. And notice that sooner or later, it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. So there's this guy in the Bible who had a lot of baggage and he had to let go of in order for him to get through the door God wanted him to get through. And um, if it's all right, I'm going to give you the highlight reel, um, paraphrase version, 
of Acts 9, okay? So in Acts 9, there's this guy named Saul, okay? Now Saul was on his way to Damascus with intent to imprison anyone. So men, women, children, all of those who believed in Jesus. So on the way, while he was on the way to Damascus, uh, Jesus showed up and, and he asked Saul why he was persecuting him. And between that interaction, when Jesus showed up, uh, between Jesus and Saul, Jesus made Saul blind and told him to get up, go into the city, and then you'll be told what to do. Now, I don't know about you, but if you just became blind, literally in the middle of the desert, and then we're like, okay, go, go over there to a city. You can't see. You can just hear. There's animals in the desert. You all know that? And the, back in the day, they weren't just at the zoo. I mean, they're like outside. You're walking in their house. You know what I'm saying? I would be pretty scared. I'm blind. So the man traveling with Saul led him by hand all the way to Damascus. And for three days, he was blind and didn't eat or drink anything. Now, in Damascus, in that city, there was a disciple named Ananias who was told by Jesus to find Saul and, and to lay hands on him to restore his sight. Now, again, I don't know about, about you, but if I was Ananias, Ananias knew of his reputation because Saul is the dude who's, hey, you're talking about Jesus? Take him. Let's go. Uh, and I don't know. You probably know the story, but he didn't just take him to prison. He killed Christians. That's this guy. Ananias knew who Saul was. He knew his reputation. He was a bit hesitant to go lay hands on this dude whose track record shows he hates Christians and prisons them and kills them. So even though he was hesitant, the Lord told him, he said, go because this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, their kings, and the people of Israel. But I want you to show him how much he must suffer for my name. And verse 11 says, uh, in Acts 9, verse 11 says this. It says, the Lord told him to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. I thought that was pretty dope because I was like, well, wait a second. Straight Street and the path with you Okay, anyway. Um, I don't know if you thought that was funny. It wasn't even in my notes. I just read it, and I was like, Straight Street, that's cool. Um, so he was on the way to the house, and he, he, he found this man from Tarsus named Saul. And so Ananias goes into this house. He lays his hands on Saul, and now finally his sight is repaired, restored. And Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and, and he actually began to preach that Jesus was the Son of God. And everyone who heard this, their mind was blown, astonished. Because remember his track record. What was his track record? He threw people into prison. If they loved Jesus, they died. So people hearing him were astonished about what he was saying. Wow, and they, they probably asked questions. Wow, isn't that the same? Wait, hold on, isn't, isn't that the same guy over there? That's the same guy, right? Yeah, that's the same guy who threw people into prison for what he's doing right now. That's the same guy who last few weeks ago over in Jerusalem was raising havoc for 
All those who believed in Jesus Christ, yeah, wait, that's the same dude right there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's him. Same exact guy. And after many days have gone, right, there was this conspiracy among all the Jews to kill him. Now, Saul, luckily, learned their plan and his followers took him and they actually lowered, through, uh, lowered him through an opening in the wall of the city. Now, when he came to Jerusalem, he went to Jerusalem, right? He came, he tried to go, and he actually tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. And actually, they didn't believe that he was a disciple. They didn't believe he was preaching the word of God. And actually, I mean, that's kind of hard to believe, right? When your track record's like, um, I mean, a week ago, two months ago, a year ago, y'all doing the same thing. So his friend Barnabas had to back him up, and, and he actually took him to the apostles, and he told them how Saul had, been, had actually seen the Lord and that the Lord spoke to him and, and how in Damascus he actually preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And I want to ask you this. Have you ever been worried that you wouldn't be accepted before? Because I definitely have felt that before. And I want to ask you this as well. Or that others wouldn't see you as worthy of the position God has put you in? Now, Paul didn't just have to worry about his, his old reputation. He now had to worry about his, his new reputation. And I want to ask you, have you ever had people remind you of your past and they threw it into your face? And, and, and you're going to church, right? You're, you're finally thinking you're, you're doing much better. You're on this walk with Jesus. And then someone from your past or maybe a group of friends, they remind you, maybe a coworker, they remind you of who you used to be. And then they even question you and your motives for why, you're, why you changed. Why, why, why are you going to church? Yeah, I don't see you on Sundays no more at the racetrack, man. What you doing now? I mean, I never see you. Why are you doing that? I just want to be real for a second. Is that okay with you? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to you, but this is so real for me. When you start worrying about what other people think of you, you, you start to become insecure. And you always look for recognition. You, you start to lose your self-confidence that you have. And you start to look for approval from other people. Um, and like I said, I have to admit, I did that for a really long time. Um, my friends, my, my parents, um, you know, people I looked up to, I kind of, it was almost like I felt that way, but then there was this action too. If I'm doing something, you know, I'm doing something good or I did something great in martial arts and I, I kind of, it kind of glanced at them because I want them to know, oh, wow, I want to see their head. Oh, good job. You start to seek approval from other people. And when you're in that, it just makes you feel like you're in a hole. Um, like, you know, um, my parents aren't believers, you know, and I've said that uh, before. And uh, for the longest time, I, I thought I had to do whatever it took to earn their approval. And I know some of you have done the same. 
but you really need to hear this today. God's opinion of you matters way more than others' opinion of you. And in fact, his opinion alone is the only one that matters. Now, you, you, listen, you need to start speaking over your life the way God does. In Psalm uh, 139, 14, it says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. What does it say? I know that full well. Who knows it? It's not, oh, the other dude down the street. No, 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 not your, not your neighbor. I know that full well. You believe that today because uh, I've dealt with some depression before, and it's not good. And sometimes you can sit there for a long time. When you start, I'll say it again, when you start worrying about what other, things, uh, other people think of you, you become insecure. You start to look for recognition. You start to lose your self-confidence. And then you start to look to other people for approval. And then you, you begin to pick up a bag. You pick up the bag of insecurity. Now, um, when we bring our baggage into new seasons, into, into new opportunities, we're carrying the bags and we take them through, you... Uh, you go back to those ways of being because you're holding on to them. Mentally, you, you could say, okay, I'm going into this new year fresh. I got it. It's good. 2019. And eventually, you're going to start to go back to those ways of being. Sooner or later, again, you're going to walk alongside in a circle of the same stuff in the same old cycle that you've been in. No matter the year, no matter how many times you kind of tell yourself, okay, here we go, let's go, yeah. And two months, three months, four months, five months, six months into the year, wow, okay, uh, same thing. And what ends up happening when, when we are going through a new season is you go back to those ways of being, just like, for example, a New Year's resolution, because y'all, we all been there. Most common example, right? Okay, we want to get in shape, fixing your diet and eating healthy. Just as a sidebar, uh, I was talking to Tasha. I was like, okay, well, I, I, you know, I want to cook healthy food at my house. And then I go to Safeway, bacon, uh, sesame oil, a little bit of veggies, and then steak. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Come on. See, it's healthy, right? Protein. You need protein in your diet. But when is it, what ends up happening is... We, uh, we say it. We all do. We all try it. And eventually, we slowly go back to the old ways and down the road. And we all know this. It becomes automatic. And it's not just, it took me a while to get this too. It's not just you who sees the baggage that you're carrying. It's not just you. It's, it's actually probably the closest people to you who see that, and, and it might be your significant other. It might be your husband. It might be your wife, and unfortunately to say this, but it, it's probably even your kids too. Um, and I mean, buckle up, but I just, I mean, I know it's kind of deep, but it's just the truth. The, people's clo the people closest to you are the ones that are gonna see it the most. 
if you're up and down all the time, emotionally, it's going to whiplash you, people, emotionally. If you're up and down all the time, it will whiplash people emotionally. And, and we, tend to, we tend to offload our baggage onto someone else. So, so that for a moment, we're tired. Or even just this, I mean, we all go grocery shopping, right? You know when you're, I don't know if you have, use a basket, but, you know, you carry the basket and eventually you're, you're loading on your groceries and it kind of gets heavy on one side. For a moment, it lightens our load. But tempor- temporarily, yes, it does. But it doesn't get rid of it, doesn't get rid of it long term. Galatians 6, 5 says this. For one... Or for each one should carry their own load. So we have a responsibility to carry our own backpack. And I say backpack because usually one person carries a backpack. Our own load. Um, baggage and, and, and baggage cannot actually be carried and passed down from generation to generation. Therefore, we take on family origin issues. We all have them. We all do. And, and we pass them down unknowingly. You might not even say something, but the way you do something, oh, you know, well, my dad did it, so I'm due to you. Unknowingly. And then we end up saying stuff like this. Well, you know, look, that's how I am. Because I'm angry all the time. It's fine. I lose in a uh, jujitsu match and then I throw a fit. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I slap my, my partner's hand. Well, that's just me because I'm angry. And I want to stay there. Or, or that's how my family is. It's fine. We're crazy. But that's how they are. You know, I, I, I grew up that way. That's how we've, we've been brought up. So just take it or leave it. That's what. For example, you get a call from your kid's elementary school. And your son or daughter is late again. Where did they get that from? Where did they get that from? Um, my grandma's here today, and I really just thank you for uh, coming and supporting me. Um, I'm half Filipino and Vietnamese, and she would always say uh, this um, phrase, we're on Filipino time. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I just want to say, hey, come on, right? Uh, we're on Mexican time. We're on Hawaiian time. Um, you know, and, and yes, it's funny, but as I got older, it translated into this. Someone told me this question. How, do, how else does that show up in your life, Michael? And I'm like, what do you mean? Um, they're like, how long did it take you to get to work? Did you rush into work today? And I was like, um, yeah, I did. What time did you leave? What time do you start work? Uh, three. What time do you leave? Two. <clears throat> 2.45. What? And then I get into Starbucks. This is, I don't do this at the hospital anymore, but I used to do the Starbucks. Get my apron. I'm all like, <laughs> you know, get, it, get on there and tie my apron and wash my hands. Okay, I'm ready to go. And there's a long line of customers. And I'm like, I'm already exhausted. I just came into work because I didn't put enough time uh, uh, into um, preparing my day right? I chose to make that decision. Oh, I'm going to go into work late. We've all done it before, right? Um, But where else does that show up in your life? Where else does that baggage show up in your life? 
This is the baggage that keeps you from going through the door God has for you. And the door God has for you, remember this, is uniquely made for you. All of us have our own relationship with God. Okay? We all do. We don't share like me and Tasha. It's like we don't get God. She gets God in the, uh, during the beginning of the day and I get God at the end of the day. No, no, no. We have our own. It's uniquely molded and sculpted for you. So if, if most of you don't know, like I said earlier, I, I used to work at Starbucks, right? But I just got a, a fairly new job. I now work at the hospital. Um, my title there is a sterile processing technician. So it's pretty long, but my job is I, so I, I clean and sterilize medical instruments um, after surgeries and procedures, and then I, I uh, organize the instrument trays, and I, I prepare and then pick the cases for the um, patients the next day. Um, and then my instructor used to say, you're a glorified dishwasher. And I was like, wow, you know what? Literally, that's what I do. So every time I'm like washing dishes at my house, I'm like, well, this is what I do at work. Like, you know, and no joke, there's a tray the other day I saw, it has a spoon, a regular spoon. It said stainless steel. And I was like, what do they use that for? And then they were like, oh, well, um, sometimes they have to scoop. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. I'll just leave it in there. Can, I'll just leave it in the sink. Can you do it? Thanks. I got to go and break. Um, so I see, uh, I see so many different instruments during the week, no joke. Um, and so many that, you know, in school we, we, we learn about and stuff required for me to know. And still, there's so many instruments I, don't, I've, I see and I'm learning about. Um, and each instrument has its own purpose for a specific task. Now, some are extremely different than other ones and some are uh, really similar. But know this, they're all used to accomplish a successful procedure. Everyone say yes. Now, I'm pretty sure we all know that. And it's just how God used Paul as an instrument to do his will. Now, I, I, I want to ask you this. How many of you want to be used as an instrument for God? Because I definitely do. If that's what you want, you need to check your baggage at the door. Because whatever baggage you might be holding on to, and it might be, I mean, family origin issues. It might be anger. To be honest, anger is one of mine. And people are like, you're the happiest dude ever. Are you serious? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you should see me in my class. I get pretty, I mean, yeah, it's pretty bad, right? Anger is one. Insecurity could be yours. I mean, you might envy someone. That's one. Pride. You might have too much pride. Um, blame is another one I used to do all the time. What are you carrying? And we all know what ours are, you know, ours are. Um, whatever it may be, look, it's time to evict yourself from the dry season that you've been in and unblock the door of opportunity God has for you. And if you don't remember anything else from my message today, I want you to remember this point. Because this... This quote right here I'm about to say, I had to say to myself like multiple times, not because I was writing it down trying to finish the message. No, no. It was like, Michael, get your stuff together because, you know, you don't stay here. It's affecting people around you. Don't stay here. It says this, a problem well understood is only a problem half solved. 
a problem well understood is only a problem that's only half solved. You have to put action behind it to see real results, real change in your life. And someone I'm really proud of, and it, uh, it just reminds me when I said real change in your life, um, my friend Lorenzo, like he's been, I, I see on his Instagram feed, he's pumping me up doing these workouts and I'm like, wow, I need to get protein. Where do you get that? Costco, you got a Costco card? I need protein now. Where? And I'm like, do I drink protein? No, I drank it one time, it was nasty. It was nasty. Uh, and I didn't realize you had to put milk or something. I just put like lukewarm water, shook it up, it's all clumpy. They're like, is that a frappuccino? No, it ain't. It's clumpy protein powder, man. Yeah, it's nasty. So props to you, dude. I'm really proud of you, man. You have to put action behind it to see real results to change your life. Now that you know what your baggage is, you know what you're carrying in your hands, you've begun to bring it up to the surface to deal with it. We all do this. To deal with your issues, you need to do it head on. Because for the longest time, I mean, I've done this too. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to kind of, you know, nonchalantly kind of scoot away from my issues. You can't go over your issues. You can't try and go under your issues. You can't go around it. You can't. This is what you need to do. You need to be head to head when you fight your issues. You need to be head to head. The way you deal with this, by, by, by letting go of your baggage, is, is this, is that you've been holding on to is, look, I know it's easier said than done, because look, we all do it, right? It's it, literally, it's easier to just to say it. So let's unpack this, okay? Now I got three steps for you, and if the worship team could come up, that'd be awesome, thank you. Step number one, so remember, you know what your stuff is. You're holding it in your hands. This is step one. You need to call your baggage out. Don't shove it under the rug. And I'm not, look, get, get this. I'm not saying declare over your life that you're weighed down by your baggage. Don't say that. You're not weighed down permanently. What I'm saying is this. Recognize, that's the key word, recognize that the Holy Spirit's convicting you of the things that you're hoarding deep down in your heart that you don't want to bring up. Step number two, claim your authority. You have to remember this. And in the Bible, it says this, you are a royal priesthood. And remember who your maker is. And it's time for you to stop submitting to the enemy's plan he has for you. Who is the author? God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Step three. You have all these bags in your hand and they're weighing you down. Step three is this. Drop the bags. Sometimes, um, wow, sometimes we blame it on the enemy. And, and, and we're the ones, we are, we're the ones holding on to our baggage. But in order to walk through the door God has for you, you need, you, you need to drop it. 
I want you to, to have a visual for a second. I want you to have a visual for a second. And imagine that I'm holding these bags, not just one in hand, but in two. And there's a doorway that God has for you, uniquely molded and sculpted to you. And you have these bags and you say, okay, God, I, I'm praying. I, I've been praying for a long time and I know you know that. And I'm ready to go through the door that you have for me. And you have these bags and you're holding them your arms are tired and you see this door. God, I'm ready to go through the door. I'm gonna go, here we go. And you get stuck. The door's right here. And you can't walk through the door. I love when Pastor Trin says this. Um, she said like a couple weeks ago, right? You, you, we're here to bring our best. I, because I wear my feelings on my sleeves, if that's the saying. And I don't know if you're the same way, but even if someone says, okay, fake it till you make it, come on. And I'm like, <sighs> inside I'm like, oh. you say fake it till you make it, but it says on my face, I can't. Uh, and people definitely know if I'm angry. People definitely know if I'm freaking, I'm freaking out or if I'm sad. You can't get through the door God has for you until you drop the bags. I hope you understand that today. Could you uh, bow your heads and, and uh, close your eyes with me? We're all a church family here. Okay, so no one's eyes open. If this is you, and, and you wanna walk through the door of opportunity God has for you, but you got baggage, that's blocking, that's blocking your doorway God has for you, I want you to raise your hand. Remember the quote I said earlier, a problem well solved, or excuse me, a problem well understood is only a problem half solved. So I wanna finish this right now. I want you to finish this for you and your own relationship for God, not just me. You know what your bags are. There's no better place to drop your bags than at the altar. You already called out your baggage, okay? Right now, as a church family, we're going to claim our authority with royalty running through our veins, and we're going to drop our bags right here. And as the band plays, I want you to come up to the altar, and I want you to finish the job. So if that was you who raised your hand, I want you to come up and I want you to give it to God right here. And whenever you're ready, I would like for you to come up if that was you. you're up here I, I, I want you to I want you to bring it up I want you to bring these things up to the surface I want you to let it go drop the bags here 
in front of the altar. I want you to pray and I want you to give it to God. I love this. Faith is forwarding all issues to heaven. I want you to do that today. 